Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. Today, you're tuning in for our series, Resilient, designed to help you reclaim your joy, strengthen your heart, and thrive in turbulent times. It's our hope this message will help you discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Your soul has taken a beating in the last few years. The sheer madness of modern life. A steady stream of negative news. It's all taken a toll. You're not alone. So many of us are longing, longing for peace, to feel joy again. But we feel anxious from all the chaos in this crazy world. But take heart. You can recover your joy. You can thrive in turbulent times. It's possible to replenish your soul and stay rooted in Christ. Let God bestow on you the strength that prevails to make you resilient. The first thing I noticed was the mental fragmentation. I start talking or try to send an email and midway through typing, I'd lose my train of thought. You know, I'd be like, "Um, hey, Tim, I wanted to talk to you about I wonder what Meghan Markle is gonna wear to the queen's funeral. Wait, what? That's not right. What am I doing? What am I emailing him about? Has that ever happened to you? Mental fragmentation? Then it was the heightened tiredness that I always felt. Like I had just enough energy to muster through the day, but man, come evening time, I'd be dead. Empty tank, nothing left. I remember thinking, why am I tired all the time? Is my iron low? Do I have anemia? Then I noticed my reach for relief. As I struggled to keep up with all the demands, I'd reach for all my unhealthy habits that brought me relief. Overspending, overeating, retreating into fiction as a way of compartmentalizing my reality. Which led into a spiral of toxic thoughts and self-loathing, which then resulted in feelings of apathy. I'm like, man, I'm done trying. Why bother? And that's when I realized my physical, emotional, and mental reserves were completely tapped out. I was on empty. I was running on fumes. My resilience was completely depleted. That was the diagnosis I gave myself reading my journal from 2021, a year ago. Can anyone relate? Mental fragmentation, fatigue, reaching for relief. Here we are, full year later, and from my conversations with many of you, some of you feel this same way, this same sense of depletion. In fact, last Sunday, I was talking to a woman at one of our Union County campuses. She's got adult children. They've all been making poor choices in their lives. It's impacting her grandchildren. And she said to me, Kyra, I accept my children as they are, but I don't agree with their choices. I'm so mad. I'm so sad. And you know what? I feel completely depleted in this season. I'm Pastor Kyra. And whether you're listening to this message online, on a podcast, at home, or in one of your locations, I wanna welcome you to our church-wide group series called Resilient. Today, I'm gonna be talking both to people whose reserves feel a little depleted, 
as well as those of you whose tanks need refilling. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ knew that we were gonna need instructions on how to replenish our souls. And he offered a secret source of supernatural strength for you to draw on. And that's what I wanna talk about today. Now, last week in your small groups, we asked you to gauge your resilience level, to assess were you low, medium, or high. Now, when we say resilience, well, we're really talking about the inner strength to endure and push through hardship. It's physical, emotional, mental toughness, and it's spiritual grit. Now, grit is when life knocks you down, but you bounce right back up. You have resilience even in the hard times. Now, Jesus talked about this kind of inner strength in Luke 21. And I wanna set the stage for you for our story today. It is springtime in Israel at this moment in time. It's just before the Passover. All of the trees are budding on the Mount of Olives where Jesus is with his disciples. And Jesus is about to tell them the parable of the fig tree. Now, if you don't know what a parable is, it's just a simple story that you tell to illustrate a spiritual lesson. And Jesus loved to teach in parables. Only there's not really a story in this parable. Because what Jesus says is really more of an observation and a warning. You see, he's announcing his return to his disciples, all while asking his followers to have eyes to see the signs of the end times and the good sense to be ready. So I want us to read this together. Luke 21, verse 29. Here we go, church. He told them this parable. Look at the fig trees and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. In other words, church, just like when we are driving and we see the leaves changing colors and we're like, ah, fall, it must be here. What Jesus is saying is when you see a fig tree's buds, you know that summer is here. Well, in the same way, when you see the signs of the end times, like when you see all of the mass deception in our culture right now, when you see all the cultural chaos, when you see all the wars, all the famines, all the wacky weather, all the people falling away from faith, you'll know that the return of Jesus to this world is incredibly close. Make sense? Let's keep reading. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. And then Jesus goes on to give his disciples a warning. He says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by what church? Type it in the chat. The worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap for that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Translation, the cares of this world, all the ways in which we are distracted in our adult lives. I mean, think about everything that we do, bills to pay, chores to do, all the ways in which negative news are constantly in our faces. It all makes us unprepared for the day of Jesus' return because they keep our hearts distracted. I mean, I don't know about you, but do you ever feel weighed down by the worries of this life? 
You know, two weeks ago, I was in our Mercer County campus, and I had the opportunity to pray for a man who is currently undergoing marriage counseling with his wife. But it looks like the marriage is headed for divorce. And can I tell you, he is so heartbroken. He was so anxious during our time together. He cried the entire time. His heart is weighed down by the cares of this world. So I can't help but wonder, if you had to complete this sentence, my heart is weighed down by fill in the blank, what would you write? What worries of your soul are bogging you down in this season? Is it your finances, your children, your lack of children, your marriage, a relationship, your career? Jesus knew the worries of this life would dull our hearts. It would erode our capacity for connection. And if we're not careful, it would create distance between us and him. So he gave his followers this instruction that I want all of us to read together today. Okay, here we go, church. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be, what's the word, church? Strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Now, I want you to circle that word strong because I'm about to teach you a little Greek, people. Un poquito de griego. The kind of strength that Jesus is describing in Luke is the Greek word katiskio. Can you say that with me, church? Can you type it in the chat? Katiskio. Katiskio is to prevail against to be superior in strength, to overcome and to prevail. So understand, catasquio is strength of heart. It's strength of mind. And you know what? It's strength of spirit. So if you need a mental picture for your mind of catasquio, I want you to think of Bruce Lee, all right? You guys know Bruce Lee, the martial arts master. I mean, look at that. That's a pretty incredible picture. Bruce Lee was not just an actor. He was actually considered to be one of the most disciplined athletes. He's the founder of Jeet Kune Do, which paved the way for modern MMA, mixed martial arts. If you're impressed that I know this church, you can thank my husband, okay? Now look at him. Physically, that is a picture of envy. Is it just me? I don't think so. But look at him. Physically, mentally, he is a picture of intensity. He's a picture of strength. You guys know, whoever he's about to fight, oh, they have a problem in their hands because Bruce Lee has status quo, the will, the inner strength, the mental and physical determination to prevail and to dominate. And Jesus is saying here, pray that you might be strong like Bruce Lee. Actually, it doesn't say that. I did add that because it's good. It's true. Pray that you might be strong. Cat is cuo. Enough, strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. In other words, Jesus is saying, you're in the fight of your life, Christian. To stand firm in this age of distraction and depletion, you're going to need all your strength. You're going to need my cat is cuo. So you better start training. Now, speaking of training, six months ago, I started working out at Orange Theory. 
Anybody is a fan of the orange lights? If you are, you got to give me a thumbs up in the chat. Now, my husband is into martial arts, so, you know, I got to keep up with my favorite black belt. So last month, I did their version of a triathlon, people. That is a legit medal, okay? I ran a 5K, I rode 2,000 meters, and I completed 300 bodyweight exercises in less than an hour, people. Never in a million years would I have thought I'd be one of those annoying people who's into fitness. <laughs> but I am a work in progress, and this is the strongest that I've ever felt in my life. Can I tell you something, church? As impressive as it is to be physically strong, the problem is we think that's all we need. We think all we need is a little burst of physical energy that's going to help us white knuckle our way through a hard day or a hard season. We think, you know what, I'm just going to grin and bear it because it's going to be enough to muster through some hard times. But that is not the kind of strength that Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is talking about in Luke is a very different kind of strength because it is a supernatural inner strength. What John Eldridge calls the strength to prevail. Now I want you to understand the strength to prevail is not physical strength. All right, physical strength, it will give you endurance. You will be able to run hard, but only for a couple of days. Because when you're on month six of grief, physical strength is not gonna be enough. It's also not optimism. All right, Jesus isn't telling his disciples, guys, look on the bright side. Wish things were better. Mm -mm. The spiritual strength that Jesus is describing is not optimism, and it's also not feeling refreshed. You guys know that when you go on vacation, maybe when you start out a fresh new day, especially on Saturdays, you're like, oh, I feel refreshed. It's not that. The strength that prevails the deep reserve of inner strength to overcome hardships and to overcome enemy attack. It has a spiritual source and Jesus wants to impart it to you. Catechio is bestowed by God, the Holy Spirit, who imparts the resurrection power of Jesus into your life and gives you the strength to prevail. You don't believe me? Let me show you one of the most powerful examples of Catechio's strength that comes from 2 Corinthians chapter four. It's a letter, 2 Corinthians is a letter written by an early follower of Jesus, a man who we know as the Apostle Paul. Now Paul's letter in 2 Corinthians, do you guys know what it's known as? It's known as the painful letter. Have you ever gotten one of those? Like you get an email, maybe a text, it makes you wince because it's so painful to read. That's what we're about to read. All right, we call it Paul's PTSD, which stands for Paul's Traumatic Stress Disorder, because Paul wrote it at a time of deep pain. You see, at that time, there was upheaval among the Christians in Corinth. People were falling away from the faith. People were making accusations against Paul. The Jews wanted to kill Paul because he was preaching about Jesus. Jealous Christians questioned whether Paul had the authority to lead the church or not. Everywhere he went, there were riots, there were attacks. He was thrown in prison. I mean, this was painful stuff for anyone, but especially if you're a ministry leader or a pastor. 
And so Paul, he writes this letter to tell the people at Corinth, guys, I'm suffering here. There's been trials and hardships that I have suffered for your sake and for the sake of the gospel. It's literally PTSD. He's literally saying, hey, church, Corinth people, let me share my trauma with you and tell you how God is helping me in this process. Paul's traumatic stress disorder. And he wrote 2 Corinthians to testify about the strength Jesus gave him after going through the fight of his life to hell and back. I mean, I want you to think about the hardest season that you have ever been through. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was an illness. Maybe it was a season of depression. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you're in a health crisis right now, but have you ever felt beat down by life? Because if you have, Paul is like, I can relate. I want you to imagine, Paul pulls up a chair and he reads you this letter. I've worked harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count. I've been at death doors time after time. I've been flogged five times with the Jews' 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods three times, pummeled with rocks once. By the way, anybody here ever been stoned? Uh, not New Jersey stoned, I mean with rocks. Or how about whipped 39 times, beaten up and unjustly jailed? You haven't? Well, guess what? Paul's like, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard traveling year in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend of robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I wonder why Paul feels discouraged. He keeps going. I've been shipwrecked. I've almost been drowned. I got mugged in fights with friends, fending of foes. I've been at risk in the city. I've been at risk in the country. I've been endangered by the desert sun and the sea storm. I've been betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labor. Many a long night and lonely night with no sleep. Many a missed meal. Blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. Guys, anybody here struggle with insomnia? Paul's like, I can't sleep. I don't even eat and I've lacked shelter. And guess what? That's not even the half of it. When you throw in all the daily pressures and all the anxieties of all the churches. And when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. PTSD, Paul's traumatic stress disorder. Guys, in the school of suffering, Paul wasn't a kindergartner. He had a PhD, all right? You say you had a hard day. Paul had a hard decade, man. And when you look at the list of Paul's sufferings, I know you're wondering how in the world did he survive all that? And you know what the answer is? Catasquo. God gave him the inner strength to prevail. Because in chapter four, Paul actually writes, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that his all surpassing power is from God and not from us. What does Paul mean, by the way, when he says that we're fragile clay jars? You know what it means? It means that in our flesh, 
we're in, in, left to our own abilities and our own strength, we're vulnerable. We're fragile. We're susceptible to loss, to heartbreak, to disease, illness, death. Guys, we are weak and we get easily overwhelmed. Does that describe you or anybody you know? You know, I'm praying right now for a friend. She's trying to get a restraining order against an ex-boyfriend. Man, it's been a really hard deal for her. She's definitely feeling, feeling beat down. I don't know what it is for you, but Paul's words, it actually gives us hope. Because what he shows us is that when you're weak on the outside, God can make you strong on the inside. He says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, what's the treasure that Paul is referring to here? You know what the treasure is? It's the all surpassing power of Jesus Christ himself. It is the power of the risen Christ that's inside of you. It's catasqueo. It's the strength that prevails. It's Christ's supernatural power that sustains Paul while he's in jail, while he's drowning, when he's getting beat up and beat down by life. And because Paul laid hold of that resurrection power, he's able to declare these words. And I want you to hear it and read it with me, church. We are hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we are not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Guys, have you ever felt hard pressed? Like you're being squeezed on both sides. You got your kids on this side. You got work on this other side. You got aging parents on this side. If that's you, you know what Jesus gives you? Catasqueo. We are hard pressed on every side but we're not crushed. How about perplexed? You ever been perplexed? You're confused. God, why? Why did you allow this to happen? God, why did you allow him to get sick? Why is my family suffering? You know what? Paul's like, I don't get it either. I've shaken my head sometimes. I've been confused too. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair because Jesus gave me catasqueo. Has life ever given you a punch to the mouth, man? Like he just hits you broadside. He's knocked you to your knees. Yeah, you've had that? Because Paul's like, I've been struck down. But guess what? I am not destroyed because Christ gave me catasqueo. His all-surpassing power that rests on me and gives me the strength to prevail. In verse 10, he actually is able to say, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Catasqueo. Do you want it, church? Do you have it? Because guess what? I need it too. In fact, there have been times this year where I have felt exactly like Paul did. Last week, I got a critical email. Someone was offended by something that I said. 
I welcome feedback. Corrections will always help me grow. But this actually felt really personal. They started questioning my character, and man, it hurt. It hurt to read it. Then on Wednesday, I had to facilitate a very difficult conversation at work, and it didn't go well. And I left feeling very disappointed. I was super deflated, and I felt discouraged. Human moment, by the way. Pastors have bad days at work, too. Then I get home. My husband tells me, my dad, who's 93 years old, fell again. He's struggling with his short-term memory. Requires care 24-7. My husband's just trying to be a loving son, but it's not easy, especially when you live far away. And then, of course, Hurricane Fiona hit Puerto Rico three weeks ago. My brother, who has two kiddos of his own, spent 16 days with no power. And seeing the news of all the devastation, man, I'm like, Puerto Rico can't catch a break. It just feels so personal, and it's so hard because we're far away from all of our loved ones. And it made me feel helpless. I get it. I'm hard-pressed at work and at home. And I feel perplexed because I don't know what to do. And so last week, it all came to a head. I was feeling so defeated. I felt like I wasn't doing my job well at Liquid. As a pastor, a leader, a wife who just wants to support her husband. So I got home and I went into my office, which is like my secret place, that's where I pray. And I literally put my head on that desk and I cried out, God, if there's ever a moment where I need your catechuo, it's now. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me in that moment, impress upon me one simple question. Will you allow God to turn this hard time into a holy time? Will you allow God to refine you before he refreshes you? Because here's the secret to catechio strength. If we want to tap into the strength that prevails, you need to turn every hard time into a holy time with Christ. And you need to ask Jesus to impart his supernatural strength. So watch this. This is the judo move. When you're feeling under pressure, when you're feeling weak, instead of reaching for relief, where you're reaching for all your unhealthy habits, how about you reach for the Holy Spirit? Instead of doing battle out there, you tap into Christ's strength in here. Because when you tap into Christ's power and presence, your soul develops resilience. You go stronger in every way, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Your roots in Christ, they're going to begin to sink down into the depths of your innermost beings. And you can tap into the strength to prevail against any challenge that you're facing in your time. Because Kadeskio is the power of Christ within you. 
And church, can I tell you, in that moment, in the middle of my basement, I felt the spirit begin to fill and flood every single crack in my heart. I was able to pray and I started to declare, God, even as I walk in uncertainty, I can declare you're close to me. Even as I'm tired and I feel depleted, I know that your strength is in me. God, I know that whatever happens, you are working it for my good. So I thank you for giving me the strength that I need to speak with honor in the midst of criticism, to speak with peace in the midst of conflict, to do good in the midst of bad situations. Guys, I am telling you, God wants to bestow the strength that prevails in your life, but you have to ask him for it. You have to take hold of the promise in Isaiah 10. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Or what Philippians 4 says, I can do all things, good, hard, bad. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or how about 2 Chronicles, who says the eyes of the Lord are searching the whole earth. He's looking for one man, one woman, whose hearts are fully committed to him so that he can strengthen them. Some of you are like Paul right now. You're like me, you've had one setback after another, financial trouble, maybe health problems, family drama, loss, grief, heartbreak. If that's you, I came here today to tell somebody that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And I want you to declare that with me out loud. So I wanna invite you to type that in the chat. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And it's through His Spirit that God wants to give you the quo strength of Jesus. It's the strength to prevail and develop resilience in this season. Do you want it, church? Because we're about to get it right now. We're actually going to practice. How do we tap into God's prevailing strength for you? And to do that, I'm going to open my Resilient Pause app. I hope many of you tried this app, and this is not necessarily new for you. I know you tried it in your small groups this week. And if you tried it, then you know we're about to practice loving union with Jesus. We're going to go through scripture meditation, beautiful imagery. We're going to listen to some music. And if you haven't tried it, I want to invite you to keep an open mind. Because this may be new to you, may feel a little weird, but can I challenge you? Stretch your roots in Christ. Open your heart to be filled with catechism at this moment. Because guys, here's the key. I want to show you right here, right now, how do you access the strength that prevails on a very practical level? Because this is like exercising. Just like you go to the gym and you develop your endurance, so does practicing daily loving union with Jesus will develop your resilience. So you guys ready? I want to invite everybody right now to sit with your palms wide open. And I want to invite you to be free to close your eyes 
be in whatever comfortable position adopts, you know, allows you to adopt a posture of receiving. Because God's about to supernaturally impart his strength to you. And we want to be all filled up. So close your eyes and we may begin. Today we begin our second module. This one is on mental resilience. Mental health is vital to our happiness. As it goes with our thought life, so it goes with our joy, our hope, our peace, and our perspective on all things. Scripture promises that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12.2 Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The world we live in assaults our mental life every day. Every time we check the news, social media, or simply open email, we are bombarded with competing narratives. Scripture warns us that we live in a battle for the truth. Who gets to determine the narrative for us? In this module, we will discover the joy that comes when we take hold of our mental life, allowing Jesus and His Holy Spirit to anchor us each day in the beauty of what is most deeply true. We strongly recommend that this week you fast from all media, especially the news. This will help you get the most out of this module. Make sure you're in a quiet place now where you will not be disturbed. You probably don't want to do these sessions while driving or at the gym, quiet is essential. You might want to use headphones. Put your phone on silent mode so it doesn't ring while you're doing this. And you might want to have your journal with you. As always, we begin by releasing everything to Jesus to make room in our souls for him. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you, Lord. I give everyone and everything to you. As you settle in, name the things you need to release. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you, Lord. I give everyone and everything to you. to resilience always involves loving Jesus, and so take a moment simply to love Him. 
Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you for the beauty of this new day. I love you for moonlight and starlight, for music and friendships. I love you, Jesus, for who you are. Linger for a moment, loving Jesus in your own words. Romans 12:2 Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We can be transformed we can become more and more wholehearted. That is a very hopeful thought. And notice, it is a thought, an idea. It's a truth that your mind takes hold of. This is the transformation we're focusing on in this module. Romans 8, 6. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Allowing the Holy Spirit to control our minds leads to life and peace. Here again, we have heaven and earth coming together, the Spirit and our humanity right here in our mental life. We are seeking union with God in our mental life. Letting the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. We begin our exercises of mental resilience by consecrating our mental life to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. We seek union here. Remember, to consecrate something means to give it to God, to present it to Him to be especially His. When we consecrate something to Jesus, it allows those things to come under His protection and provision. How beautiful and how vital this is when it comes to our mental life. You don't want your thoughts just wandering here, there, everywhere. We want our mental life in all its fullness to be under the influence of the Spirit of God, governed by the Spirit, as the Scripture says. Let's consecrate our mind and our mental life to God. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I consecrate my mind to you, Lord, all of my mental life. I give you my thoughts, my focus and attention. I give you my memory and recall, my understanding and imagination. 
I consecrate to you, Lord, my interpretation of events in my life. I dedicate the life of my mind to you, Lord God, and to you alone. This is a new practice for most of us, so let's settle in and drop deeper into consecration by doing it again. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I consecrate my mind to you, Lord, all of my mental life. I give you my thoughts, my focus and attention. I give you my memory and recall, my understanding and imagination. I consecrate to you, Lord, my interpretation of events in my life. I dedicate the life of my mind to you, Lord God, and to you alone. This allows the strength of God to strengthen our mental life, to give us mental resilience. As we practice mental resilience, we learn to fix our thoughts on what is most deeply true about God and ourselves and our union with Him. Today, we will choose one simple truth which Paul tells us is at the very center of the Christian gospel. Colossians 1.27 And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. It is one of the most breathtaking of all truths. Jesus Christ lives in the heart of every person who puts their trust in Him. Christ lives in me, and Christ lives in you. Believing it, holding fast to it, will change your life. Try and take this into your day. Jesus himself lives in me. Flex the muscles of mental resilience by returning to this one truth throughout the day. Jesus himself lives in me. If you find your thoughts running wild, come back to the practice of consecration. Lord Jesus, I dedicate my mental life to you. Holy Spirit, come and take hold of my thoughts. Christ lives in you and lives in me, and because of that church, his daily invitation to us is to allow him to renew mercies and impart his supernatural strength in our hearts every day. But we got to reach for it. His invitation to you is daily. We got to take it. So I hope that you download this app. It is in the App Store, Google Play, but then practice daily. 
how to have loving union with Jesus. Let me pray for us, church. Father, we thank you that you invite us every day to give over everything and everyone to you and to receive your supernatural strength, your catechue, O Lord, that will allow us to face all of the ways in which life feels hard right now. I thank you for your love and out of your supernatural grace for us that you would be longing to give us that. And so I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice, whether at home, in one of our locations, Lord, I just pray that today they would be experiencing restoration and tomorrow and the day after, Lord, because we are walking daily and daily having loving union with you. We love you, Lord, and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening.